Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Okay, well, um, if I've not met you before, my name is Natalie Taylor, and I am married to the most amazing husband on the planet. I have two amazing children that are absolute world changers. We've been here for about six years, a part of Sozo for five, and it is truly like my delight to be here with you today. So I lived in Arkansas most of my life. I know. Just go ahead and jokes, bring them on. Like, come on, go ahead. You can boo or I don't know, make funny jokes, whatever you want to do. Um, Live there most of my life. If you have lived in Arkansas or have visited, it is a beautiful place, but there are a lot of back roads, a lot of roads that are like two-lane roads. And we could say a two-lane road here, but go to Arkansas. It's a different type of two-lane road. And it's dark Um, There are animals that cross the road all the time. Here we have deer, lots of deer. How many of you here have ever hit a deer? Oh, thank you. You just made me feel better about myself. Does anyone need to look around? Raise your hands one more time. This will make you feel better about yourself too. Okay, um, so they, but they have like possums and rabbits and um, skunks dogs, I've hit a dog's raccoons. Um, So whenever we lived in Arkansas, John gave me one rule when I would drive. Do not swerve for animals. Do not swerve for animals, Natalie. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. The roads are like, if I was to swerve for an animal, I would be in the ditch or I would be, I would hit a, a car, an oncoming car. And in our little city that we had, we had one main road. Yes, typical thing. One main road. It was a big main road. It had four lanes, actually, on the main road. But everything out of, outside of that was all two-lane roads. So one day, I was going to a friend's house at nighttime. And, um, and it was like between my house and her house was connected by a two-lane road. So I'm driving and I see a buck just step right out in the middle of the road. And at this point, on the two-lane roads, if you've lived in Arkansas or have been there, like, you don't go slow on the two-lane roads. You treat them like a highway. So, like, I don't know, 40, 50 miles an hour. Like, you're just, like, barreling. And I see this deer come out, this buck, and I hear John Taylor in my head. Do not swerve. And I'm like... Okay, don't swerve, don't swerve, don't swerve. What I also somehow heard in my head, I don't know, I added to it somehow. Don't slow down. (laughs) He didn't say that, I said that. He didn't say don't slow down. His intention was don't swerve and slow down. I missed that second part. So I'm like, oh, here we go. I hit that buck in my little four-door car and terrified. I was terrified. And I hit the buck and I, and (laughs) it gets better. I hit it 
And then I keep hearing John, don't swerve, don't swerve. And then I heard myself, don't slow down, don't slow down. I hit it again. Twice. So the first time I hit it, it threw it forward, believe it or not. Second time I hit it, it shot it off the road in the ditch. It was like, so then, terrified, I just keep driving. I didn't stop, there was, because it's a two-lane road. There's no like, I'm gonna pull over. Like, you've gotta get to your destination. So I just like, and then I called him on my phone. I'm crying, I'm like, I hit a deer, I hit a deer. And I'm panicked, I get there with my friends. And they're like, I am crying. Like, anytime I ever hit an animal, I just immediately cry, asked John. And so I'm crying, and they're like, oh my gosh, what happened? Let's go see the car. And I'm telling them, like my adrenaline's pumping, and I'm like, and I hit the deer, and I hit it again. And they're like, what? I've never heard of anyone hitting a deer twice, the same deer two times. Oh, it messed up the car. I mean, almost totaled it. I was fine, but um, the deer, oh, it was not fine. So that day, I faced fear in the face, and I hit it twice. (laughs) Two times. You know, sometimes we are faced with fear. What are you going to do when you're faced with fear? So today, I want to talk about faith in the face of fear. And we're going to look at Mary to do it, because she has some pretty... Um, She has two things that I was reading through uh, Luke chapter one recently, and I'm like, whoa, there's a couple of really great um, nuggets I wanna pull out and talk to you about today. Fear's a real thing, and I think sometimes we wanna pretend like if we are experiencing fear, we're maybe not spiritual, but I'm here to debunk that today. So I want us to um, get out your iPhone. We're gonna start in Luke chapter one but I'm gonna read from the Passion Translation. Let's start in verse 26. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, rejoice, Beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you and you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her and said, do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a boy, with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. You will be, he will be supreme and will be known for the son of the highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king on the thrones of his ancestor David. He will reign as king over Israel forever, and his reign will have no limit. Mary said, but how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you. And Almighty God will spread, will shadow his power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your aged Aunt Elizabeth 
has also become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary responded saying, yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. Whenever we um, read the story of Mary in Luke 1, I think we all put this like hallmark lens around it. And we picture the porcelain nativity scene that we put up in our house and, and we imagine Jesus in the manger and, and it's just this beautiful occasion. And all of that is true. It was a, it was a moment that changed the entire course in history. But I think about Mary and I cannot get past when the angel said, Mary, do not yield to fear. See, Mary was a young girl. We know that. We know that when he came, when the angel came, that she probably knew exactly what he was talking about because she was a Jewish girl. She probably knew the prophetic words of the day. And when he comes to her, she's like, whoa, 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 what's happening? Oh, by the way, you're going to carry a child. Wait a second, but I'm a virgin. He said, I know all of these things, and, and, but don't yield to fear. When I got pregnant, I was married at 18, pregnant at 19, second pregnancy at 21. When I found out that I was pregnant with Madison, I was shocked, although I was trying. You know, I mean, I don't know how that works out, but it does. The second time I got pregnant, Madison was five months old. And I will not forget the day. I was standing in my mom's house, and I found out that I was pregnant again. And it was like I was going to have a heart attack. I mean, like, I was like, oh, my, how do you think? I don't think I can breathe. Ah. And so I can't imagine what Mary must have felt when the angel of the Lord said, oh, you're gonna be pregnant, oh, you're a teen, oh, yeah, by the way, it's going to be Jesus. Oh, man. But when the angel said, do not yield to fear, it tells me that she had reason to fear. And then she had a choice to make. See, when we are faced with fear, will we choose faith? And I know that we want to say, yes, I will choose faith. Yes, I will. But when you're in the moment and fear is all that you see, how do you choose faith? Because I think we can easily go into this performance thing of like, I'm just going to work really hard. And then if I don't choose faith, then something's wrong with me. I'm not a good enough Christian. I should read my Bible more. But when the angel came to her and said, ta-da, here I am, Gabriel. She's like, whoa. And he said, don't fear. And then he told her what was gonna happen. I think that statement, do not yield to fear, was a great bridge of her reality and then what was coming. And how many times does the Lord come to us and say, do not 
fear. Your current reality looks like this. And when I'm about, what I'm about to tell you what your future is gonna look like, it might seem scary too. It might not all match up to you. Do not yield to fear. I like this definition. Um, I think it was Webster's. It says, fear is defined as an unpleasant emotion caused by a belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. Fear is an emotion caused by a belief. Let that sink in for just a minute. I think sometimes we, we, we flip-flop it on ourselves, And we're like, that's causing me to believe something that's not true. When actually what is happening is what you're looking at is revealing unbelief in your heart and you're responding to the unbelief. And the response to your unbelief is fear. So when the angel appeared to Mary and said, ta-da, do not yield to fear. He's saying, I know that I am challenging you and everything that you believe by looking at me. And what I'm about to say is gonna challenge you even more. It's gonna stir up something in your heart that you are going to decide whether or not you believe. Sometimes whenever we, um, when fear exposes unbelief in our heart, the fear and the things that we are believing can be things that we perceive. Sometimes it's an internal dialogue and narrative of what we've got going on in our head. Did you see the way she looked at me? I knew she didn't like me. I mean, I knew that girl. And the day I saw her, I knew she'd do that to me one day. Or did you, did you hear at work that Joe got um, promoted? I knew that I wouldn't fit in this job. I knew that it wasn't for me. You are creating narratives in your mind that are not true oftentimes. That can be unbelief. That can cause a belief system to take root in you that now when you go to work, you're fearful. That now when you encounter the girl in the coffee shop that you have put a narrative on that actually she could be your best friend, um, but you've put a narrative on because of your past relationships that now you're not going to receive a gift because you've got fear that she's gonna hurt you again. Fear is an emotion caused by your belief. In that moment, Mary had a choice. Would she yield to fear or would she choose faith? And when I think about Mary and the story that we just read, I think, um, and I'm like, okay, God, what was it in Mary's life that she had a characteristic, a trait, a posture that allowed her in, the, in that moment when she faced fear to say what verse 28 said when Mary said, yes, I will be the mother of the Lord. As his servant, I accept what he has for me. 
May everything that you told me come to pass. Yes, I will do it. And how many of us, and I am going to include me in this, are facing fear of something today? We're facing a circumstance. We're facing a belief system. We're facing something that I get to choose. Will I yield to the fear that I'm feeling based on a belief that I'm believing? Or will I choose to say, yes, I'm all in? I will receive all that you have for me. So when I think about Mary today, I want us to look at two different postures. I tried to think about what specific word to use for this, like two what? Two postures is where I came down with the Lord with because I feel like um, they can look like tools in our tool belt, but I, I think there's something about the two things that we're gonna talk about that is an indicator, it's a posture of your heart and, it's gonna, and you can almost look at the way you approach your fear and see what your posture is there as well. So the first thing, number one, posture yourself to be a receiver. If you want to look at fear and choose faith, posture yourself as a receiver. See, Mary, um, she obviously received Christ, she received the pregnancy, but I think that what struck me too in this story was when the angel said, oh, by the way, your Aunt Elizabeth is pregnant. What a gift. What a gift in that moment that Mary had someone to go to to find comfort in the natural. What a gift. What a gift that she was able to receive as she was waiting for the miracle to be birthed. And I think a lot of times we can look at things that are given to us that are gifts, but we do one of two things. One, sometimes we reject the gift because it doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like, out of fear. In that moment, Mary could have said, I'm hiding, like I'm going into my house and I'm not coming out until I get this thing figured out, (laughs) until like, uh, I don't know, they maybe can smuggle me out of the city in the night because she faced real circumstances. Real things could happen to her because it seemed like she was pregnant out of wedlock. It was a real thing. So out of fear, she could have rejected the gift altogether and said, this is too scary. Yeah, good to know that Elizabeth is pregnant. Good for her. Can we talk about me? Like what I got going on here right now. Maybe it was like pride. Like, oh, good for her. She was barren but did you know that I was carrying Christ the Messiah? Like, I, I, don't, I don't need to go to, I don't, I mean, why would I need to go, why, why would I need to receive that gift? Like, I got all that I need. She could have passed judgment when the angel said that, hey, your aunt Elizabeth is pregnant, the barren one. Well, how did she get pregnant? Hmm, I wonder if she got pregnant the same way I got pregnant. 
I mean, is it her baby? Like, is it Zachariah's baby? Like, we just pass judgment, pass judgment, pass judgment. Because the gift that God is giving us does not look like it matches our circumstances sometimes. Or it doesn't look fair. Sometimes the gift that God gives us, if we would receive it, it will align at just the right time. And sometimes we reject it instead of receiving it. I love what it said in Matthew 1.20 about Joseph um, when Mary was like, in that moment when he said, yield, don't yield to fear, and, and everything that happened with Joseph afterwards. I think this is so cool. Uh, Matthew 1.20, but after he, Joseph, had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. He faced real stuff because what was placed in front of him was a law that said, if you do this, this will happen. His circumstances told him what to believe. So then when the angel came and said, I know, I know this was what it looks like. I know this is the law of the day. Do not be afraid. Do not yield to fear. So as we posture ourselves to be a receiver, do not push away the gifts of God while you are waiting for your miracle. If we think about this from a kingdom perspective, we're either standing in the middle of a miracle or we're waiting for it to arrive. Because it's always good. And sometimes when we're waiting for the miracle to show and to be birthed, God wants to give you gifts in the waiting. And could it be your family? Could it be the people that you actually rub shoulders with on a daily basis? Could it be your church family? Could it be those people that you're in community group with? Could it be the person at the coffee shop? Could it be the person that you are in community and commune with on a regular basis? And he says, I actually wanna give you a gift through family. And through family, you're gonna receive comfort. I'm gonna use your family to give you tangible comfort today that you might need while you're waiting for your miracle. The second posture is I want you to lean into revelation over religion. Mary knew the prophetic words of the day. She knew what had been passed down from generation to generation. She knew that one day the Messiah was coming and that he was gonna be probably born to a virgin. Like She probably heard all of that. But in that moment when she was presented with something, that went completely against her personal dialogue. Like, yeah, 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 I know that this is gonna happen, but me? In that moment, she could have said, oh, no, like, I think, Angel Gabriel, you've got it wrong. I don't know if you've heard the prophetic words from the past, and, and I know this is gonna happen, but I'm pretty sure um, you probably got the wrong girl. 
in that moment, she had the opportunity to lean in to current revelation. It was like on the spot, on the fly, what God's doing today. Or she could dig her heels in and say, let me give you 10,000 reasons why this is not true. And I heard once from a friend and she said, we can know all day long what God is doing, but if we do not have the present leading of the Holy Spirit, we could miss some really cool things. And in that present leading of the Holy Spirit, in that real-time revelation, Mary had a choice to make. What would she choose? Would she believe what she thought about herself and her circumstances? Or would she lean into the revelation that's being revealed in real time? When you're faced with fear, when you're faced with a belief system that you've been believing, and you take it to the bank as true, when, you're, when the feelings of fear emerge in you and out of you, what are you going to do? Are you going to lean in and say, wait a second, I know what the word says, I'm not given a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind, but why am I experiencing an emotion like this? What is happening? What is causing me to look at my circumstances and believe that it is going to hurt me? That it is going to bring trauma to my life? Sometimes that, that emotion that comes up inside of us is because of what we've faced in our past. And it's telling you something that's just not true. When we're faced with real-time revelation, Will you lean in and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? Or will you attempt to feast on yesterday's manan? The bread, the provision of yesterday, what the Israelites encountered when God said, I'm gonna give you fresh manna, I'm gonna give you, I think it's said quail, I'm gonna give you these things every single day, take of them, receive from me, and I'm gonna give you fresh tomorrow. What I've been challenged with to this week for my own life is God said, Natalie, some of the things that you are facing with fear is because you're feasting on yesterday's provision. And I love a good prophetic word. I got them written down. I revisit them. I love an, um, a day with family and friends and it leaves me on an emotional high and Dopamine is flowing and it's a good thing and I, and I love that stuff. I love the promises of God in my life and I, re, I revisit them and the testimony of what he's done and what he's gonna do. But if all that I do is look backwards and try to feast on the provision that he gave me last week, last month, last year, he's saying, wait, I wanna give you brand new provision today because today I'm doing a new thing. I want you to have the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life that you follow me, that you're with me. And I'm gonna build on all the things that I told you before, but I want you here with me today. 
I think that it's interesting that in the scripture when it was talking about the Israelites and, and, uh, and all the story behind that, that um, it said when they would go out and gather up the manna, those that gathered up too much ended up having enough. Those that didn't gather enough had enough. Your current reality in the kingdom, your revelation that God wants to give you today is enough. He will build on yesterday, but he wants to meet you today. And if we don't lean into revelation that's today, we'll find ourselves living in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We'll find ourselves thumbing through the scripture and, and, and looking at it as religion instead of relationship. And we'll put rules around it. And we'll say, yeah, but you don't know the stories that have been passed around from generation to generation. It's gotta happen this way. It's gotta look this way. When God is saying, actually, if you'll live in the tree of life with me, I've got fresh manna for you today. I've got fresh revelation today. And the fear that you're facing today, I've got something for that as well. I think it's uh, interesting in Luke 1 verse 18, Zechariah was presented with the same opportunity. The angel came, an angel came to Zechariah and said something about his wife and he's gonna be pregnant and the whole thing and this was Zechariah's response. How do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen? We know what happened to him. <laughs> I think too many times when we don't lean into fresh current revelation and we're standing on religion that we will miss what God is doing in the meantime and we will say, God, I, I hear you but I need, to give, I need you to give me 10 steps why this could be true. I need you to prove to me why what I'm facing is going to be okay on the other side. And he's saying, son and daughter, do not yield to fear. You are believing something that is not true. Do not yield to fear. See, Mary leaned into her current revelation and she leaned into what was new. It's easier to live in religion and dead work sometimes. You can just coast. When you're facing fear and it feels completely paralyzing, it's easier to say, let me pull out the rule book, let me pull out the 10 steps, let me pull this out and let me just follow the 10 steps when God is saying, Son and daughter, I wanna meet with you. I wanna be with you today. I wanna give you current, fresh revelation. I'm doing something new today. And so, as we close, I want you to think about this. What fear are you currently facing? It could be little. It could be big. It could be perceived fear. It could be reality, it could be a sickness, it could be a family, it could be divorce, it could be a death in your family. 
your feelings could be hurt. What fear are you facing? Are you worried that your business won't last a few more months? Are you worried about what next year is gonna look like? And I challenge you to allow the fear to actually reveal the belief system that is not true in your life. And I want you to hear the Lord say, do not yield to fear. That thing that you're facing Are you rejecting a gift that God is trying to give you? In the waiting for your miracle, because it's coming. The waiting doesn't mean no. You're either waiting for the fulfillment of a miracle or you're standing in one today. But it's coming. What gifts does God wanna give you today? How does he want to come in and comfort you and support you? How does he want to bring family around you? Don't shrink back in fear. Don't hide. Don't run into your house and pull the cover over your head and say, once this baby is birthed, I'll come out. Once I know that I'm safe, I'll come out. I encourage you, do what Mary did and run to family. Run to the people that God, have, God has put in your life and say, I am facing some fear. This is what I'm believing. I'm carrying something. You're carrying something. You're carrying something that God put inside of you and the enemy's biggest ploy and desire would be for you to be stuck in fear and never see that thing birthed. Do not yield to fear. God has put good gifts inside of you and he wants the world to see. Receive his gifts. We can be good receivers because what Jesus did on the cross. When you receive something, you take hold of it. When God comes and puts something in your lap, a gift, take a hold of it. Use it. Put it into action. Maybe, you, maybe you're holding the gift, but you're like, hi, I don't know what to do. Put it into action. If someone's reached out to you and said, hey, can, I would love to have coffee with you, with you sometime when you're free. Put it into action. Reach out. Hey, I'm free for coffee this week. I would love to get with you. I need community in my life. What are you doing with what's in your hands? Put it to action. And then the last thing that I want you to think about with the fear that you are looking at in your mind's eye, where do you need to pivot from religion to relationship? Where do you need to pivot from religion to fresh revelation? In what way are you standing over here in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, weeping, tired, 
exhausted. I've done all the 10 steps. I've asked God to show me 10 more signs. I just want to see the fulfillment of what he's put inside of me. He's like, come over here. Let me give you some fresh revelation about what today looks like. So I want you guys to stand. I want the ministry team to come forward. Each one of you in this room, each one of you that are watching online, God has put something inside of you. You are birthing something. The design for you to be here, standing today, in your circle, in your sphere of influence, at your workplace, man, it's to birth the kingdom of heaven everywhere you go. It's to put him on display through you. And through you, you've got some amazing gifts. You've got amazing talents that need to be revealed. You've got stuff inside of you that the world needs. Do not yield to fear. I think today God is asking some people to take some risks. We're coming on the close of a year and we're gonna look into the next year. What's the thing inside of you that you've said, man, I wished I could? Only if, maybe that's for someone else. Take a risk. Do not yield to fear. So as we close, I want you to, to respond to this message today and use these people as accountability partners. If you say, you know what, I need to exchange um, some fear and I need to maybe receive some gifts. Maybe I'm someone that's like, no, 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 leave me alone, I'm good enough. Don't come close. Maybe you're a bad receiver and you need to be a good one. Come up here and say, you know what, I'm a, I'm a bad receiver. My receiver's broke. Can you pray for healing? Maybe for some, you're saying, oh man, I've been feasting on yesterday's manna and, it, and I'm sick. It's molded. And I don't know why I have this constant illness in my life, this constant frustration or anger or bitterness. Are you feasting on yesterday's manna? Do you need a fresh revelation? Come forward and use them. Allow them to partner with you in that. So let me pray for you. God, I thank you. I thank you that you are telling each of us, do not yield to the belief systems that are not true. Do not yield to what you have experienced in the past that has caused you to have fear operate in your life. Do not yield to insecurity. Do not yield to shame. But yield to the love of Jesus. Stand in awe of Jesus. God, I thank you that everyone in this room has something inside of them that will be birthed. 
And I thank you that you've given us everything that we need to see it come to pass. In Jesus' name.